You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Good morning, dear listeners. Thank you for staying with us on this beautiful Holy Thursday as we get ready to enter into the Triduum in preparation for Easter. I'm Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by my co-host Kelly Schneider. We are coming to you live from Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota, in southwestern North Dakota, and we are joined uh, in our next segment here by the pastor of Queen of Peace, Monsignor Tom Richter. How are you this morning, Monsignor? I'm well, Amanda. Good good morning. Good morning to you, Kelly, and to all your listeners. Yeah, thanks for being with us. Uh, Kelly and I were saying at the top of the show that this is one of our favorite days uh, of the church here, and we prayed for all our good priests, including you this morning at the top of the show as we get ready to commemorate the institution of the Eucharist and the priesthood tonight. It's a beautiful gift for us all. I had nothing else to do with the beginning of truth. So You're not busy at all. I'm yeah, glad you I, could join us for I thank for Mike for asking me on this really <laughs> quiet. I mean, at least we came to you. Lazy right? days. Office, right? It's very quiet. Yeah, this is why we pray for our priests. You guys are very busy in these weeks providing us with the sacraments, which we are so blessed to have. So um, for our listeners um, who aren't familiar, maybe just tell us just a little bit about yourself, where you're Ooh. from, what diocese you're with, all that nice. stuff. Nice. Well, I was ordained a priest for the Diocese of Bismarck in 1996. Uh, much of my priesthood was uh, carrying out the ministry of uh, director of vocations for 11 years, 2002 to 2013. It was one of the great joys of my life. Um, and so, so many of these wonderful young priests running around our diocese, I had the privilege of being the vocation director for, um, and walking with them in formation, etc. I arrived here at Queen of Peace, July of 2018. And so I'm uh, almost uh, in July, wow. it's going to be five years, five years already. It's hard to believe. Yeah. 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 Fast. yeah. So it's uh, it's been a wonderful time here at uh, Dickinson with so many great things happening. Oh, uh, beautiful! Yeah, yeah, it's really exciting. Uh, Catholicism in Dickinson right now is uh, just so many wonderful new good uh, things occurring. Right, the Handmaids of the Heart of Jesus beginning here, their mm-hmm. home in November. Um, we are also uh, just built a school. Right yes, here, we can see it, we out can the see it right, right here, out the brand window. New a lovely school, it's Trinity Catholic great. Schools yeah. built. A, Catholic school is growing here. Early Childhood Center, first floor and uh, the second floor. It's going to be open this fall. Mm-hmm. Um, also, we're doing a lot of exciting work with uh, DSU mm-hmm. Campus mm-hmm. Ministry, yeah, Blue, Blue Hot Catholic, Catholic yeah. due to the great work of uh, Ryan Martyre and Jillian Kubik, and uh, continuing now, uh, Father Shays really really generous in leading a pilgrimage of them to uh, Rome mm-hmm. in May. Uh, so good stuff. We're also um, really um, doing some new things with faith formation. Yes. And so, so pleased and happy with uh, my brother pastors here. And we've really uh, united around a new way of doing faith formation. Adult first, focusing on parents, teaching parents, all four parishes together, um, uniting resources. The uh, handmaids also help us with that. And so we had a, we just finished a uh, first year of it. Um, and it all happens at our good facilities of Trinity High School. 
And so, yeah, it bore uh, great fruit. And we're able to devote, I think, devote uh, time, resources, and, and energy to our public school Catholics uh-huh. uh, to make sure and to, to prove to them we do not see them as second-class citizens and uh, that they can pass on the faith. Mm-hmm. And we have confidence in their ability to pass on the faith, to carry out this Christ-given mission to them. And so we exist to help them and form them so that they can carry out the passing on of the faith of their children instead of trying to substitute for them, replace them, all those things. As you were talking, Monsignor, I was just thinking of, and if our last guest was talking about, you know, at the Newman Centers, their goal is to bring that authentic encounter with Christ to the mm-hmm. students. And there's just so many opportunities um, to do that in various ways, right, for society as a whole, as you just were talking about. You know, we've got everything from preschool to college programs to you know there's studies going on by the handmaids and in the parishes and the religious totally. side. like there's just all these ways and just the, the variety of the mm-hmm. beauty of our faith and so many different people coming together to provide yep. those for the people uh, of Dickinson as we're talking about specifically but I'm you know just listening to Real Presence Radio and all the different things that are going on across the listening area. I know for me it brings great hope, mm-hmm. um, you know, that there the church is alive and well, mm-hmm. you know, and um, to keep inviting people, to keep inviting people to those who may be fallen away or are looking to deepen their faith, you know, in mm-hmm. that way. And so... Um, one of the things we're going to visit with you about this morning is a way to do that, this this prayer and spiritual direction program. Um, some people might think like spiritual direction, what even is that? Like, I, I think I know what prayer is, but what, what is mm-hmm. that about? So let's just mm-hmm. kind of jump into that in a little bit about what, what is this, what is this program? When does it start? When did it start? And, and let's just go from there. Good. Well, uh, yeah, I want to, to all, the, uh, to all of you listeners out there, I want to put in uh, just a plug for some of the uh, great things the University of Mary is doing. Yes. Um, and uh, in the recent past, Monsignor Shea and University of Mary has uh, begun this Masters in Applied Theology. Mm-hmm. Masters in Applied Theology. And so um, I, think, I think one could rightly say that Applied Theology, while it all being intellectual formation and uh, being um, centered on teaching and learning, growing in knowledge, Applied Theology has a strong emphasis on the pastoral, carrying out the mission, sure. service ministry, okay? And so um, the University of Mary is at the service of uh, the church and in a special way in Western North Dakota. And so this uh, great new program of applied theology is is uh, a very intentional way of doing that. The um, actual degree, the master's in applied theology has three components three components, and each component has 15 weeks of courses. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I think, and I think they're largely in the summer, May, June, July, mm-hmm. uh, August, uh, I think. Don't, uh, don't quote me on that, but I think that's when uh, they largely happen. And so one component is marriage and family, another component is scripture, and another component, another 15-week course is prayer and discernment or prayer and spiritual direction. That is the one um, that I'm involved in, the third component. Mm -hmm. And so I teach uh, the first five weeks 
uh, the first five-week course of that 15 weeks I teach. Then there's another five-week course. One of that is an eight-day silent retreat that I lead mm-hmm. and, um, and prepare them for that. So that's, that's two more weeks. And then the, the last three weeks of that is taught by um, uh, someone out at the University of Mary on Benedictine spirituality. Mm-hmm. And then Father Sattler, uh, I think, does a week or two on Carmelite spirituality. Mm-hmm. And then Monsignor Shea teaches the last five-week course on, uh, I think, uh, the Catholic imaginative, vi- imaginative vision. So that is what this 15-week uh, component is. Um, people can do it online. So last year was our maiden voyage. Mm-hmm. And I think, I, I think we had like 30 students. We had um, about uh, 20 in person, if my memory serves me correctly, mm-hmm. um, give or take a couple, and then the rest online from all over the country. Wow. All over the country. East Coast, West Coast, I think someone from Alaska. Um, and it worked really, really well out in uh, the beautiful conference room out at uh, University mm-hmm. of Mary. It was every Tuesday night, Thursday night. Uh, 7 to 9 p.m. Uh, so four hours of classroom instruction each week for five weeks, along with then um, some pretty serious reading uh, assignments and uh, a couple of papers, etc. Monsignor, who, who is the target for this, uh, a, a program like this? What, what type of person? Nice. Well, in most cases, one should have a bachelor's degree because it's part of a master's program. Mm-hmm. You can also um, audit it. Huh? You can audit it, and, okay. uh, and so uh, that, there's that option. Mm-hmm. Um, the target audience is, I had a whole range of people. I had retired people who just wanted to grow in their faith. Hmm. Huh? Senior citizens, 60s, 70s uh, years old. Um, deacon, a permanent deacon. Mm-hmm. Huh? To uh, to help him carry out his ministry, and also his own personal uh, sanctification. A lot of uh, college students. Uh, there was a youth minister from another state. There were other people who were on staff at parishes or for uh, diocesan staff. Mm-hmm. So uh, a lot of that. I mm-hmm. think this would also be a great uh, course for Catholic school teachers. Mm-hmm. Hint, hid, nudge, nudge. <laughs> like Kelly and Amanda, if you would know them. Um, so, so yeah, it's it's. We we were really thrilled about uh, the first. We had to move out of the classroom the first night because it was uh, wasn't sufficient, and we had to move into the big Harold Schaefer Leadership wow. Conference room. Wow. So we were pleased with the turnout, and we were pleased also with. Um, with uh, the feedback and the, the, fruit, the fruits that were born of it. So the, the whole, this five-week course is really about laying out the, the principles and the dynamics of Christian relational prayer. To awaken the heart, to awaken the heart in faith to a lived relationship with God. Wow. Um, Frank used personal encounter. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, but the point being, the point being, uh, the, this, this first five weeks is about, um, 
the principles and dynamics of a, a true Christian relational prayer life with an awakened heart so that I am uh, have a lived relationship with Jesus. He's not an idea. He's a person. He's a person. We're going we're gonna to pause right there. That's a great pause point. Listeners, we're going to take a break, and we're going to be right back. This is Real Presence Live, where the focus is not on the evil around us, but on conversion and mercy through the good news that is always good. We're local, engaging, and live on the Real Presence Radio Network. As Catholic people, we recognize our lives are gifts from God. Blessings received are a result of God's grace and goodness. Our Lord entrusts us to be good stewards of His many gifts. We are called to conduct lives that honor Him and bear witness to our faith in Jesus Christ. Hello, this is Mike Kidrowski, Director of Advancement for Real Presence Radio. As we begin a new year, let's reflect a moment on stewardship. Your life should provide an example to others in the way you live your faith, the way you manage your possessions, and the way you plan your estate and personal affairs. You have spent a lifetime acquiring your assets and living your faith. Fortunately, we can provide you with an estate planning guide that allows you to put all of your important information in one place and enable you to document your intentions. To request an estate planning guide, please visit our plan giving website at rprlegacy.org or call me at 701-290-4503. Let's get started. God's blessings to all of you today as you are listening to Real Presence Radio. This is Father Wilhelm, and I'm a priest of the Diocese of Fargo. What a wonderful gift and a grace that we have in our Holy Church is that we have a Holy Mother, Jesus' Mother, who loves us so very much, and she prays for us. Isn't it wonderful to have a mother on our side, a mother who prays for us, a mother who loves us as Christ as our brother? then that means that Mary is truly our mother, our spiritual mother. And so as you pray that beautiful gift of the Hail Mary, let each of these prayers be as roses that is presented before her holy feet, and she brings our prayers and lays them before her son, Jesus, and all of us. Always listen to our mother. Listen to what our mother is asking you. Come to the Savior. Come to my son. Come to Jesus Christ. This is Real Presence Live on the RPR Network, bringing you stories of faith and hope through local hosts and guests from across the Upper Midwest. Now, back to the show. Welcome back, Real Presence Radio listening family. We're back with you here in Dickinson on 101.9 FM. But we're all over the place. We're in the Midwest. We're in Minnesota. We're in Wisconsin. We're in Wyoming. Mm. We're in South Dakota. All over. Before you know it, we're going to be in Montana. <laughs> they can't there, hear it up there, there in the northeast a, corner. That's right. We're gonna we're gonna be there too. But for today, for right now, uh, we're coming at you from Dickinson, the Church of Queen of Peace. We're with the pastor here, Monsignor Tom Richter. Monsignor, we're gonna delve right back into it, and and we want to know more about what you're teaching and and the kind of the contents. If you can walk us through that, of 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 what you're giving the students involved in the master's program in applied theology at the University of Mary. Nice to all the listeners. If you'd be interested. Uh, just to to know more about this or to even consider, um, um, you know, enrolling for this course, get on the University of Web, um, Mary website, look Mm -hmm. up Applied Theology courses, and uh, you'll uh, eventually uh, run into it. But it's Theology 550 is the the course. My course title is Being With God, What Happens in Prayer. Mm -hmm. So um, 
some of the main points uh, I would like to just share today is, uh, so we, I, I go through much of the catechism, the fourth book of the catechism, which is on prayer. Mm. Um, we also have some other uh, wonderful uh, required readings um, from, from Jacques Philippe, uh, as well as Ruth Burroughs, a Carmelite sister. But I think one of the primary things that hopefully is, is something that causes uh, spiritual growth and spiritual maturity and conversion around prayer is uh, we really focus on the fact that uh, the, one of the first things the Catechism says about prayer is uh, it's a noun, not a, it's first a noun before it's a verb. Mm-hmm. Right? So, so very often when we hear prayer, we think of something that, uh, an activity, do. a doing, a doing, something uh, that's an activity, something that is doing. Um, and the, the catechism says this relationship with God is prayer. Uh, very mm-hmm. similar to marriage, right? Mm-hmm. You can't do married things until you first have a marriage relationship. Whatever those things are before the marriage, they're not, they're not marriage they're not activities. Yes. Um, that God creates the marriage uh, relationship, the uh, married relationship, and then one lives marriage. And so this profound thing that, that prayer is a relationship. And so until I have that relationship, until I have that relationship, whatever I'm doing, we would not call Christian prayer. Thus, the real focus, I believe, of the Holy Spirit today in the new evangelization, and you interview all kinds of people, Kelly and Amanda, and I trust you hear a common, a very common theme with all, with all, all your uh, presenters, such as uh, the gentleman down at Rapid City you just had on, mm-hmm. that everything, um, because of, in my opinion, the, the papacies of, of John Paul II, Benedict XVI, and now Pope Francis, the real sort of intentional strong focus is encounter with Christ. Mm -hmm. Encounter with Christ. Encounter with the risen Christ. The encounter with the risen Christ is precisely what gives birth to this relationship. Mm -hmm. And now I can pray. (sighs) So what happened to Mary Magdalene in the garden Mm is the establishment of prayer. What happened to her meeting the risen Christ and now he becoming real to her is in many ways the beginning of Christian relational prayer. There are uh, all kinds of baptized people and we could include ourselves in this to whatever degree who do not have what we call an awakened heart with the awareness of the presence of a person in which I am in relation, with whom I am in relationship, and thus I pray. This awakening in faith to this awareness of the presence of the risen one who invaded me and claimed me by baptism is precisely the starting point of Christian relational prayer. And when that happens, what 
is converted, what, what happens to the person now um, is that I'm not the one who initiates this. The primary actor in prayer is not me, is not I. Is that, that's the right English. Is not I. <laughs> the primary actor in prayer is what God is doing, what God is saying, what Jesus is doing, what Jesus is saying, what the Holy Spirit is doing, what uh, the Holy Spirit is saying. And so this conversion around truly relational prayer now becomes my focus my focus is on the one I'm in relationship with. And all of Christian prayer now is a response to his activity. A response to his movement. A response to him speaking. And um, it all changes. Because before the awakening of the, before the grace, before this encounter, where Christ becomes a real person to me, and not just some, uh, some subject I read in a catechism or some idea I have in my head, but when this encounter happens, the primary thing that happens in one's ex lived experience of prayer is prior to that happening, I act trying to get him to respond. Hmm. But once this encounter happens, the primary lived experience of Christian relational prayer is he acts and I respond. I go to prayer for him to act. For him to put me on mission. For him to send me. Largely right, we go there to be loved by him. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We go there for him to fill us with love, with his life, which is love, self-giving, self-sacrificial love. And therefore, and therefore, we shouldn't be surprised, right, that the sacred triduum begins with the Eucharist and not with Good Friday. Mm. The sacred triduum begins with God giving himself to me and filling me with himself, filling me with his love, so now I can go free from self-concern and be another Christ in self-sacrificial love, self-giving love. But if I don't have an awakened heart and I don't know him, then um, uh, this receptivity doesn't happen. And so I'm Peter at the Last Supper saying, you're not washing my feet. My relationship with you is all about me doing big, strong stuff. That because somehow, God, you need me. Yeah. <laughs> no, the, the, the Christian relational prayer is, God, you don't need me for anything. You made me to participate in your self-giving love. And I want you to get your way so I can participate in that. Because that is joy. That is what the human person was made for. That's where we find our fulfillment. As you were talking, Monsignor, I was thinking of that, you know, that switch of that spirit of receptivity, of being before God, instead of, it's all about me, mm -hmm. right? When I come to prayer with my agenda and my, and I have to do, and I have to have my checklist, and I'm going to do the things, and really, it, if we 
understand it properly, it takes the, the pressure off, so to speak, of us. It's, it's not about me. Totally. I just need to be there. Yeah. I just yeah. need to say, Jesus, mm-hmm. here I am. Yep. Mm-hmm. You know, in, in that relationship and just putting ourselves before him. Mm-hmm. Um, but as simple as that sounds, it's really difficult. That's right. right? It's I'll, I'll, because we're like, I'm, I'm going to do it. I'm going to fix yeah. it. I'm going to, you know, I have to do these things because, mm-hmm. you know, as human beings in our society, right, like, mm-hmm. that, that's what you do. Like, you have to do the things, make mm-hmm. the things happen. And it's, that's not what prayer, prayer is about. Mm-hmm. That's right. Yeah, about being Love with consists Christ. in this. Not that you have loved God, but that he has first loved us. Mm-hmm. This is what this is what St. John just over and over and over uh, says. Almost all problems in prayer, everyone who's listening, just about all problems in prayer come from, are a consequence, are a consequence of you and I focusing, having our focus on what we do, getting God to respond, rather than on what God is doing, evoking a response from us. And forgive me for the the naivety, but I think it's important to illustrate too, as we're talking about this for the listeners, and I myself am thinking, okay, this is good. What does this physically look like? What does this physically look like? Right, so, you know, because I think so many of us walk through our days, we're like, yep, okay, in relationship, yep, I'm praying on my way to work, or I'm, you know, I'm sitting down in the morning for offering our father. You know, maybe some of us do morning prayer. But, you know, like physically paint, if we can paint the picture of, okay, so I got out of my bed and now what do I do? <laughs> you know, like, I, yeah, it's right, really a switch of It's mindsets. really a switch of like, mm-hmm. okay, so, so you're telling me just like get my cup of coffee, <laughs> go sit down and let him talk to me. Is that, you know, yes. right? That's, yes. I think that's the, what we have to paint. So maybe we can start into that and then bridge into that with our next segment, Montanier, But <laughs> I would like that. Yes, very much, very much. <laughs> so th- you're talking about now the dynamic. The dynamic. So, yeah. Yeah. so when, we get back, when we get back, we're going to paint this picture of physically, yes. this is what it looks like. Right now, though, I hear that music. That means we got to go and take a break. So we'll be back with you, listeners. Stay tuned. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us and joining us on this Holy Thursday morning. Dear listeners, we are entering into our second hour of Real Presence Live. I'm Amanda Ellercamp with my co-host Kelly Schneider. We are coming to you from Queen of Peace Parish in Dickinson, North Dakota with a pastor of Queen of Peace, Monsignor Richter. And before the break, we were talking uh, about prayer and spirituality. Uh, Monsignor teaching a class as a part of the Masters in Applied Theology at the University of Mary uh, on uh, spiritual direction and, and prayer. And we got talking about really this change in mindset about what prayer is, that it's not about me, and all the things I might do to try and, you know, get God to love me or get God to do what I want or however we view that. But it's really about, as you were saying, having an encounter with the risen Christ and then making myself present before him so that my role is just to be before God, to come to God, to be present. And, and Kelly brought up the really good point of like, 
Well, what does that mean, practically speaking? Like for our listeners, let's flush that out a little bit of when we say that I just come to God in prayer, right? Because in my very type A list to do, <laughs> like if I go into a holy hour without like a book, a plan, a journal, I near have a panic attack, right? <laughs> like because I should be doing something, but you're saying that's that's not what it is. So what would that look like? Very good. So so big picture, big picture again, right? One encounters God, and one now awakens to the true God. Pagans prayed wrongly because they didn't know God. Mm-hmm. They were hyper religious. They had all kinds of gods, but their idea of God, their idea of God, wasn't the true God. When one meets the true God, the real God, <clears throat> what one discovers is someone who is already giving himself to me, already loving me, already pouring out to me, already uh, providing everything I could ever want. Mm. And so now... Once I, once I become aware of that, to the degree I become aware of that and grow in that more and more and more, uh, one's um, <clears throat> heart begins to be converted. So you used mindset, uh, Amanda. That's, uh, that's a great word. But it's, even, it's a conversion of the heart, a conversion of the entire way of seeing God. I don't talk to myself into, okay, this is how I pray. But rather, I've met someone who is way different than I thought prior to this and now I know this one and I know how he treats me I know how he relates to me I know who he is so the first the first conversion that has to happen is around who God is around who God is um and this is the beauty of Christianity all other religions man had to seek God Christianity reveals to us that God at unimaginable levels has sought us out, has leapt down from heaven, has crawled up and a tree and be tortured because he's seeking me. Um, and, so, and so this uh, big change happens. So what, and so what does that look like in concrete spiritual exercises, prayer, going to mass, whatever. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> mm -hmm. Well, the, the first thing, the first thing that, that happens, right? The first thing that happens is, oh gosh, the greatest thing that could ever happen to me is whatever God is doing for me now. The, the, the greatest thing that could happen to me, God is already willing and actively doing right now. So I move totally away from, okay, I got to, like, I want this, and I'm going to do a novena to get God to do it. Mm. <laughs> like God's no, a dispensing no, machine. Well, yeah. once, once I know God, I know that every moment he is already with all his omnipotence, all his power, all his intelligence, is already laboring in this very moment for what is greatest for Monsignor Tom Richard. Mm. Mm. And so now, when I step into prayer, I'm stepping into, Lord, I want that to be done. And now all of prayer becomes that. 
all of prayer becomes me offering all to him so that all he is desiring can be done in everything in my life. And so now a holy hour for Mrs. Amanda Ellerkamp becomes everything that is in your mind, everything that matters to you, Mm. everything that's important to you, Mm. everything that's on your heart, you're bringing to God not to get him to do something, but precisely to hold it to him so that all that he's wanting for you in that can be done and you're no longer keeping it to yourself. Mm -hmm. It it, it reminds me just of like the whole notion of... uh, by, by the very fact that I woke up this morning, I'm already in relation with God because he's holding me in existence. Mm-hmm. And, then, and then I can go and say, and my prayer to him then becomes something as simple as, Jesus, thank you for today. I bring to you, I bring to you this this morning that's on my heart. I bring to you my children this morning. That's not my, I bring my husband to you. I place them at your feet. Mm-hmm. That's the type of language that we're talking about. Not always necessarily, like you, like you had said, Amanda, a dispensing machine. Mm-hmm. Jesus, whatever is on Scott's heart this morning, I bring to you. Nice. Putting that, and that, and that, and that is, am I correct in saying that that's, that's, that's all I got to do. That's right. That's right. And we're, we're going to get down to the, some real concrete yeah. stuff in a minute. Yeah. But I, I want to keep this uh, beautiful conversation going around this mm-hmm. um, with all the wonderings that are happening in our minds now. Right? Because it's always like ever mm-hmm. new. Mm-hmm. Because the pagan is always so close to us. This is just always new and fresh. Like, yes, I know that's what it is, but we can be pulled in uh, back into these other things. Here, here's, a, here's a wonderful, a bit fun example. So yesterday I called one of my good brothers and we, had a, uh, I, we chatted and I said, how are you doing? At the beginning of the phone call and the first, for the first 30 seconds, he uh, simply shared um, how tired he is. <laughs> with this winter weather (laughs) and he used colorful sort of language and all that okay (laughs) we can all relate (laughs) yes we can all we can all relate and when he got done i was i was feeling a little you know (laughs) ornery when he got done i said so when you shared all of that with jesus (laughs) what what did he say <laughs> Good response. That, that, that's uh, prayer. Yeah. To say, mm-hmm. Jesus, I am tired of this snow. Because I believe the God of the universe, who has conquered all evil, who has conquered all suffering, who has entered into all of my suffering, who has entered into all of my deaths, hmm. I is one with me. In a communion, a union like marriage. And so if something matters to me, I, need to, I want to share it with him. Because I want to be with him and I want everything in my life to be shared with him and him to share with me. This is prayer. Because what I want, what I want about, what, <laughs> what I want in this winter weather is whatever God wants for us in this cross of, of winter weather on April 6th, 
I want to be done and I don't want to be an obstacle to that. Hmm. And so I bring it to him to give him access to do what he wishes. This is Mary at Cana. And one who really loved, knows God brings it totally free from expectations. With, expect, with expectant faith, but no uh, detachment from outcomes. Mary says, Jesus, they're out of wine. And she walks away. What mattered to her, she brought to him. Didn't try to, you got to do this and this and that. No, Jesus loves them more than I do. He is the king of the universe. I bring my need to him and I go on. This is prayer. This is Christian relational prayer. She doesn't have to pray a novena to get him to do. Jesus, they're out of wine. I entrust that to you. Thank you for taking care of it. Because Jesus is real. Uh And Mary knew he was real. And Mary knew he was God. And Mary knew he uh, cared. That's That's incredibly freeing. Yeah. If we're not careful, if we're pagans, when we're interceding for others, like you're interceding for a child, where when, when you're praying in a pagan way, what's going on in your imagination is you're trying to get Jesus to love your child as much as you do mm. with all his power. Mm. <laughs> you know how offensive that is? Mm. Yeah, he loves them more than we could ever. Yeah. 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 That, that's what Good Friday is supposed mm-hmm. to tell us. And I think too, it's important to point out and lay out that it's not to take away from, <laughs> I should still do a novena. Like, yeah, yeah. I, mean, I, I should still do my, I sh- we should still abide by the rituals that the church has given to us and the beauty that she's given to us in prayers Very good. that are written and scripted. Nice. And, and because what uh, a Christian novena is Mary holding this before Jesus for nine days. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, I love that image. Not, 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 uh, you know, an NFL coach in a, in a ref's ear for yeah, nine days. Right. That's a big <laughs> but the point is, this continues to be on my heart. This continues to matter to me. This continues to be uh, a cross. This continues to be a need. And though Jesus cares about my need, and so I give it to him. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, beautiful. This isn't, I pray for nine days because it will really get Jesus to do what I want. Yeah. Wonderful, wonderful. Uh, listeners, don't go away. We are, we are up uh, on a break again, but Monsignor Richter will remain with us uh, for a moments after this. So uh, stay right with us. We'll be right back. Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Di Filippis of St. Luke Productions. Living like the prophets. 
We can indeed recognize something of God's plan. This knowledge goes beyond that of my personal fate and my individual path. By its light, we can look back on history as a whole and see that this is not a random process, but a road that leads to a particular goal. We can come to know an inner logic, the logic of God, within apparently chance happenings. Even if this does not enable us to predict what is going to happen at this or that point, nonetheless, we may develop a certain sensitivity for the dangers contained in certain things and for the hopes that are in others. A sense of the future develops in that I see what destroys the future because it is contrary to the inner logic of the road and what, on the other hand, leads onward because it opens the positive doors and corresponds to the inner design of the whole. To that extent, the ability to diagnose the future can develop. It's the same with the prophets. They are not to be understood as seers, but as voices who understand time from God's point of view and can therefore warn us against what is destructive and on the other hand, show us the right road forward. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories, and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Thank you for staying with us through the break here, listeners. We are continuing our conversation with Monsignor Richter from Queen of Peace here live in Dickinson, North Dakota. I'm Amanda Ellerkamp, joined by Kelly Schneider, and we've been having this beautiful conversation about the true nature of prayer and how we should approach prayer. And so, uh, Monsignor, as, as we're contemplating what you're saying about, you know, it's not about me trying to get God to do what I want, and um, really it's about me being present before God, and really this relationship with the risen Christ. How does that then apply? Our listeners might be at home going, so then what am I supposed to do? Like, what, what does it matter what I do? And particularly as we're heading into the Triduum here, these three holy days, nice. Holy Thursday, Good Friday, Holy Saturday, um, what should we be doing? How do we come to that? You know, why, do, why does it matter then if I go, if it's about good. God doing and not me? Good, good. So, um, I liked your language, true nature of prayer. When we're talking about true nature of prayer or true relational Christian prayer, really what we're talking about is how does the heart of Jesus pray? How does the heart of Jesus pray? Christian prayer is, by grace, the heart praying the way the heart of Jesus prays before the Father. Okay? So that's, that's, the, that's the first thing. <clears throat> that uh, true Christian prayer is is what was it like the way Jesus the man prayed. Um, and now on to your question. So if, if, in fact, if in fact prayer isn't about me somehow getting God to act, then why pray? Mm -hmm. um, 
we, I hopefully we covered that uh, to a certain amount of convincing uh, <laughs> that, that anyone who knows the true God has now become absolutely captured, claimed, obsessed in a holy way. That the greatest thing that can happen to me at any moment is God's will being done. And so my interest, my interest is no longer, I want this, how do I get God to do this? But my interest now becomes, the, the Father is plumb full of goodwill toward me. And so now what preoccupies me is, is how I allow that to be done. And so, uh, follow me. And so, the, the difference then, the difference between the saint and the, the demon huh, isn't, isn't about uh, whether God loved the saint more than the demon. The difference between Peter and Judas isn't that somehow God loved Peter more than he loved Judas? What's the difference? The difference is Peter received from God. Judas didn't. Hmm. Prayer is about receiving the self-giving love of God. Receiving the self-giving love of God. Which then makes me like him and I carry out the, his mission then with a Christian heart right Amanda and Kelly you, the, the great sin the greatest sin of Judas wasn't his betrayal the great sin of Judas is he didn't trust in the merciful self-giving love of Christ to conquer his sin but Peter did mm -hmm. So they both failed because they didn't receive the grace that he was giving at uh, that he was giving at Last Supper, right? His self-giving love. Um, but but Peter, uh, in with a contrite heart, with grace and moving, uh, was able to eventually uh, let the the great merciful love of God define him and change him. So if you're asking me why pray, why would anyone want to pray if it's not about me getting God to act? Mm -hmm. the, the simple answer is this, because I want to receive God. Mm. God gives. I want God. I want him. God, God is not something secondary. <laughs> like what's, what's the greatest thing we can get from prayer? Um, a good job, a deeper virtue of honesty. No, the greatest thing you and I can get from God is God. So when we think about <laughs> what should we do in prayer or what should I bring to prayer, nice. it's really a spirit of receptivity. Yeah, which looks like this. Because you, you two have been chomping at the bit. I'm on senior, like, come on, concrete. <laughs> We're type A. Yes. Give me the list. <laughs> Give me the list. I'll check it. I'm good at that. <laughs> How do I control this whole thing? Yes. So, <laughs> yeah, yeah. so I think there's, there's many different ways to say this. Some are better than others. Some are better than others to, for you and for listeners. This is what me, this is how it works for me. This is what 
is helpful for me. Uh, the acronym of R. A-R-R-R. So at the centerpiece, at the centerpiece of prayer, which is relationship with this mysterious self-giving God, God is a giver. What is God doing? He's giving himself to you right now. And that's true every moment. And he's giving himself to you for your greatest good right now, every moment. That's reality for one who has an awakened faith to the true living mm -hmm. only God. So what, where is he giving himself? He's giving himself to you very specifically where you are in need. And so what is, Christ, what is the dynamic of truly relational Christian prayer? It is the dynamic of the Holy Spirit making you aware of your need. Saying, bring that to Jesus. Mm -hmm. And trust that to Jesus. Give that to him. Christian relational prayer inspired by the Holy Spirit is Mary at a wedding feast seeing this couple needing wine that's put on her heart. She acknowledges this need. She doesn't go into why didn't why didn't they provide more wine? What were they thinking? They should have planned better. Mm. No. We have a, I have a need. I bring it to Jesus. That's relational prayer. Acknowledge the need, A, related to Jesus, R. And if I acknowledge and relate to Jesus my need, the second R is... I receive because that's where he's giving. I don't need to, I do not get him to give. He is giving. He gets me to receive by acknowledging my need and bringing it to him. <clears throat> by Mary bringing this need to him, they received in that need. She didn't get Jesus to give. She brought a need to Jesus who is God giving to humanity in our need? Mm -hmm. Acknowledge, relate, receive, and then when one receives, one responds. When one encounters love, one becomes a person who loves in response, gives himself away. Mary Magdalene meets the risen Christ in the garden is it evangelized? She's good newsized. <laughs> the good news is a person. Yep. She meets the good news, the living person, and what does she do? She becomes an evangelist. She shares them. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. She acknowledges, huh? She's standing there acknowledging her need. My life is nothing without Christ. Where, 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 where's Christ? Where's Jesus? She meets him. And receives profound, profound intimacy, love, care there. And goes out and becomes the first the apostle to the apostles. This is the dynamic of, this is the dynamic of relational prayer. Because relational prayer isn't just about me sitting alone in some room with God getting him to do something. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Relational prayer is about this relationship. This marriage between groom and bride, Christ and the church, 
And I love that idea, Monsignor, of prayer is a noun versus a verb when we're first looking at, because I think so often, um, and I don't think I'm alone in this, no. that it's that verb, right? Like, what do I have to do? Right. I'm good at following rules. Tell me what I have to do. I'll do the thing. I'll do whatever it takes. Right. But versus a noun of like, well, it's me being in relationship That's right. with God. And it, it removes that burden from us properly understood because there's not that pressure. Well, I have to do all the right things for this to go well. But what I need to do is just to bring my broken mm-hmm. self That's right. to God. That's right. And this, the reason it's a noun before it's a verb, it is a verb, but it's first a noun. Yeah. And the reason it's a noun at first is because Christ has initiated and made a relationship with you through baptism. Through his death and resurrection, he, and the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, he now has made a relationship with you through baptism, which is the foundation of relational prayer. The problem is most people aren't, many people aren't aware of their baptismal, they do not have a lived experience of their baptismal life. Sure, yeah. And what that calls us to. Yeah. Listeners, uh, we are coming to a, a close of our time here with, with Monsignor Richter. Uh, and so if you want to know more about this, this teaching on prayer and spiritual direction, you can check out the Masters in Applied Theology at the University of Mary. If, if you Google that, and Monsignor talked about, um, you can even audit that course or, or parts of that course. If you're not looking to do the full program, wanting to learn more, just look that up. But Monsignor Richter, thank you for being with us as we begin the Triduum. Thank you for the blessing of your priesthood as we uh, uh, commemorate the institution of the Eucharist and the priesthood tonight. Uh, and dear listeners, don't go away. We've got another great guest up for you right after the break. Stay tuned. Live, engaging, and local. This is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. Real Presence.